Hey everybody, welcome to The Warrior and the Wolf, a place for you to show up authentically and vulnerably in a safe atmosphere where you are seen, where you are loved, and someone wants to come beside you and walk with you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Warrior and the Wolf podcast, uh, episode number 10, Be a Man. What is your definition of masculinity? I, as always, am Mark the Wolf right over there. Aaron the Warrior. And I'll tell you what, you can tell his energy is super high the way he's coming in there. We are going to start this episode as we do. Oh, wait, before we get into that, look over there. It's the wizard. Our buddy Brian is right over there at the helm, making yes, sure is. that we stay in line and making us sound probably better than we would on our own. But uh, I've been told that I've got a face for radio. So let's go ahead and get started. We are going to do what we always do. We're going to start with a a check-in. Sashay emotions is where we're at with that. And again, Sashay, for those of you scoring at home, stands for sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender. That's our acronym is Sashay. And uh, I am going to kick it right over there to my buddy Aaron and see where he is checking in. So emotions, brief context, and then let us know that you are ready to start. Yeah, I am happy, excited. I'm gonna say scared, um, but that's just more in the form of some anxiety, um, and just tender. I'm I'm tender um, for me, um, and just grateful for the support and love that I have um, in my life. That I'm able to show up in places like this and be vulnerable and share parts of my story um, that I think can impact people. I'm grateful for that. Happy and excited about that. Um, just anxiety and some fear around um, job stuff and trying to make the right choice of what I want to be when I grow up. So I've checked in about that a few times, but it's still there. Just trying to process through that. Um, I'm, I'm happy and grateful to have even have the opportunity to make that choice. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Happy to that Brian is way better at this stuff than than I am, so I can sound more <laughs> professional than I deserve to. No. Um, very happy, excited. With that, I'm in. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, checking in, happy, uh, tender, excited, scared. Um, scared, I, as you and I uh, prep for this episode of, of Being a Man, you've kind of given me some leading things with uh, how you're excited about how I'm going to show up and some of the questions I'm going to ask. You know that I love asking questions. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I noticed that I have fear about making sure that I ask what I believe are the right ones. And I don't even know what that looks like. Um, uh, more on that in just a second. Uh, happy and excited. Um, dude, I always love when the two of you are in the room with me. Really, really excited about this. Uh, love that. Uh, happy and excited. Tender that I have a safe landing space for all of this stuff. Uh, knowing that I'm not doing life alone helps a bunch. Uh, excited to, uh, to find out. Um, that my beloved is listening to our podcast on a very regular basis. And she's given me uh, some great feedback. So excited about that and uh, excited uh, about the support uh, that we've gotten to this point. Grateful for that. So um, yeah. So uh, with that, I am in.
So before we jump in, I just want to, it's funny because you talk about your wife listening to the show. Yeah. Um, as does mine. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like they've been the biggest and best critics of shaping hopefully what is turning into a good podcast. Yeah, I think, I, I think where, at least w w with Jay, where I see her, um, she's super supportive of this. She has seen uh, the difference that this work has made with me. Uh, and and she's she's uh, grateful for the work that I have done and continue to do. So um, grateful for her support. And she knows that there's value in it. She, there's some other folks in her world. She's like, this is going to impact some folks. So um, their their willingness to come alongside us and support us to make it as best as it possibly can be is a good thing. Yeah. It's I, I want to go to the whole scared part of me checking in uh, as we talk about being a man. It, it's it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I do. I. It's important for me that everybody out there understands as we as we dive into these topics week in and week out. These are not scripted. We don't. I mean, we we do have some notes as as far as we where we went. But there's no script. If you can't tell, <laughs> by and <laughs> by and large, it should be easy to decipher that. But it's interesting that I. You know, when you said I'm excited for some of the questions you're going to ask, and I said, well, what do you think those questions are going to be? He's like, I just know you well enough. I think you're going to ask certain questions, and I'm like, oh. So now I, I do, I have this fear about, oh, I hope I asked the right questions that he thinks I'm going to ask. Okay. So let me put your mind at ease. <laughs> There's no expectations or preconceived notions. Hmm. We've been doing this long enough, whether it's in front of a microphone right. or whatever, you have the ability to ask provocative questions. Yep. You have the ability to be like, hey, well, tell me about that or want to know. And I, I enjoy, I enjoy when you ask me a question that I'm maybe not necessarily ready for. And I got to, we got to come up with a genuine answer. And I love that about this. So yeah. there's no pressure. I'm not saying you need to ask the right questions or else. No, I'm asking all the questions. All the today. questions. So it, I yeah. was, I was talking with, with AA Ron. I'm like, so why do you think that this is an important topic? And you came up with, and it, it, it registers with me, but what a great choice. The reason that it makes sense to do an episode on, being a man and what it means to be a man, authentic masculinity, if you will, is because yes, we are men. Yes, the work that we do is is with other men. That's fine. But you said something, we're raising men. You have two sons. I have two sons. And I am, I'm, Jennifer and I are raising men. Yep. That's, I, I think that's a, a point that I often just glaze right over. It, it doesn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh Yeah. I'm responsible for what masculinity looks like in the future. Mm -hmm. And so, so for me in starting this work, um, the definition of masculinity has, has changed pretty dramatically only because again, back to the check-in, I, the very first time that I checked in on one of our weekends, I'm like, Oh, I, I can be sad. Yeah. I can be scared. Because masculinity, again, if you're, if you're going back to my story, my story just reads that I, I was allowed to be angry and that was that. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad, my grandpa, just the, 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 the male leaders in my life didn't have a playbook. I still don't have a playbook, but I'm learning more and more about what masculinity can be and what I'd like it to be yeah. for, for me and my family. Oh, yeah. So really excited that you brought up our, our boys when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah. When I talk about masculine characteristics and the masculine mindset, I think about what we talk about with emotions, right? Okay. 
emotions, anger, happiness, sadness, whatever we talk about, are neither good or bad. Right. They, they just, just are what they are. Yep. I feel like it's the same way with characteristics that are generally considered to be more masculine characteristics. Okay. Right. So to, let's take, for instance, just the first one. So strength. Oh, the overall arching thing is that when people think of masculine or masculine, like strength, they're strong. Mm-hmm. A strong, and there are plenty of women that are crazy strong, incredibly strong. I'm not just saying that that's not, but for the purpose of this, we think, you know, male, men, masculine, strong. Being strong is neither good nor bad. Okay. Right? Okay. It, it, so it goes to the anger. How, how are you going to use it? How do you use that strength? Well, and I guess that's why it can be good and it can be bad. We've talked before about how our strength shows up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big deal. And I also believe, again, when we're talking about define masculine strength, what does that mean to you? That's your definition. I think that my definition, it's just like anger. Uh Anger, when used appropriately, is super, super effective. Yes. It's very effective. Same way with strength. I do firmly believe, like we've talked before about weaponizing certain characteristics, right? Yes, 100%. So... I think that strength in the appropriate hands and used wisely is perfect. Yeah. And I was just using strength as, as one example in one word. I think anything that you want to put into, and I think it's a different definition for everybody. So anything that you want to put into the masculine category, right? Say that's a masculine characteristic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah, it can be used as a weapon. Right. But it also can be used very effectively and very healthy. If harnessed the right way. Okay. So, and I'm stealing these words from another, another podcast. The order of man podcast is amazing. Um, highly recommend that one as well. Um, listen to us first. Then go listen to order of man. <laughs> listen to our tonight. They have enough then. listeners already. We need, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. But he, they're one of their motto, our order of men is protect, uh, provide and preside. Whatever that looks like to you. Okay. To protect your family to provide for your family. And I'm not necessarily saying that time to be like the traditional, like you go out and you're the traditional breadwinner. Providing looks, if it looks different in your house and you're providing, that's awesome. And then presiding over what you've been taking. So basically to dumb it down so much, not dumb it down, but simplify it. Healthy masculinity harness in the right way Mm -hmm. is using your masculine characteristics to make the lives better for the people that your your family that you're directly involved, and with. that's where I was going when you say provide. Like uh, the very first thing that came to my mind, and we've talked about being safe. Again, it's one of the goals. It's the very foundation of this podcast. We want to provide that safe place. Mm-hmm. I want to provide a safe place for my wife, for my kids, for the humans in my circle. I want to be, that's what I want to yeah. provide. It's not just bringing a, a paycheck. It's not just working. It's not just putting food on the table, yada, yada, all those stereotypical fun things that we look back at historically on uh, with masculinity. But I want to provide because again, as we talk about raising men, mm-hmm. I w- your tears are welcome. Yeah. I never freaking got that. Hey, I want you to cry. I, I completely understand why you're sad. I want to provide that space. 
for the humans uh, in my life. And I think that's a different take on masculinity than what certainly how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. So I talk about the order of man. So Ryan Mickler is the guy that and there's a, I have a quote right here from him. Okay. It talks about what the father said, but it says, everyone has their own story. You don't have to have a father figure to be a strong man or the perfect background because no one has the best upbringing. Fortunately, there are ways to develop and grow beyond the hand that you were dealt. Love that. I think that's great. And, and, and I think you, you, he touches on a really good point there. The fact of the matter is our upbringing does have a tendency to define how we look at masculinity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I look at the, like, I've had such strong women in my life yeah. that I think those are strong feminine traits. 100%. And I think that part of me being a strong masculine presence is being comfortable and confident enough to know that I really love and appreciate and want to hone in those feminine traits that I picked up because it's just a really interesting dichotomy that I believe that part of the masculinity I want to grow in Mm -hmm. is being in touch with that feminine influence. Yeah, I, I get. I mean, I think especially in our house, it works as a good balance. The that we we are different. Sure, my wife and I are different, different characteristics, and that comes together to make a whole whole family unit. Right. Um, I mean, if you go back and listen to just last week, the last two episodes, the last two weeks, <laughs> I talk about how it's evident how strong and wise my wife is. Oh yeah. So I'm not saying that those are directly just male or masculine characteristics. Right. I, I guess where I was going with that was like, I, I look at my mom and I look at the influence that I got and I look at my, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not just, you know, I have to go to the gym or I have to be like physically strong. Like that tenderness, I didn't get from my dad. Yeah. I got that from my mom. And so I'm taking what I got from that feminine side and deciding that I want to turn that into how I teach, coach, and love masculinity. Like, I think that's a big deal. Like, when we check in, dude, there's a T. Yeah. No, Tender I'm, is okay. I'm with you. I guess, and the way I guess I would present it is I don't necessarily look at tender or sadness as a as a feminine characteristic. Neither do I. Neither so do I. I just, it should be part of masculine characteristics. I want it to be part I of do, how, I do too, yes. and I think it should be, because I think that makes a healthy man. So the other thing, and this, I, I really like this this quote to throw in here. It's Ricky Williams, football player. (laughs) He was a little bit of a, but this is brilliant. He said, if I blame my parents. So wait, wait, hang on just a second. He's a little bit of a, and then you make the smoking, the weed. Yeah, he's a little, I mean, you you can say he smokes weed. It's okay. He's a little bit of a, yeah. He, he enjoys partaking. He likes his, uh, was it the the devil salad? No. He says, if I blame my parents for how my life turned out, then I take away any power of me to change and put my life back in their hands. Dude. So, all right. So go back to the mindset. Yeah. Go back to the mindset episode. That. Mm -hmm. I don't. The second that I give my power away, I'm in that fixed mindset. Yes. Right. And, And you know, I don't thrive in that space. No. I'm with him. If you want something, and that's that ties into, I don't think that tenderness is necessarily, it just 
is an emotion. It's not feminine, feminine or masculine. But for me growing up, I had to change that yeah. because I didn't get that. And, and, and that's why the story, when we talk about story and everything else, hey, how did your dad treat you? How did your mom treat you? So on and so forth. Because that's what shapes our definition. My dad defined what a man is to me. That's I was I was just going to go there. I was like, but as men growing up, the number one influence in, in most our lives is our father. If we had a father figure in the home, that's who we emulate and learn to be like. Mm-hmm. So that's why you and I are trying to do stuff to change what healthy manliness or masculinity looks like. I would say improve. Improve, okay. I like because, improve. Because I, I think I think that um, I, I look at my dad, I look at my grandparents, I look at my uncles, and man, I've got some amazing humans. I've got some amazing male leaders in my life. They did the best they could with what they had. We now have more, yeah. right? Like I look at the interwebs. The interwebs – dad didn't have that. He had an, you know, encyclopedias or libraries or whatever. And this, this is what a man is. Well, now I can see what a guy is doing on the other side of the freaking planet in real time. And I'm like, Oh, I want to adopt that. That's pretty cool. So I would say, let's just improve on what our dads, because who knows what resources our kids are going to have access to. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't necessarily want them to change what I give them, but I want them to improve on it. I think that's I think that's a good a good way to put it. Um, and I, I would I would agree with that. Um, one of the things that's important is important to me is right now my sons are boys; they're not men. They need to earn the right to be men. Okay, and who gives them that right? I think it's subjective, but in my mind, I help them be respected as men. Okay. So what's then help, help me out here. What's the threshold that says, okay, you're no longer, you did this. So you are no longer a boy. You're a man. So that's, what's interesting. If you talk, so I wasn't planning on going here, but I love it. Cause especially you in America, said I was okay at no, asking questions. No, no, it's great. This, this is what I had in mind. This is exactly, <laughs> exactly it. American culture, are the only one of the only cultures in the world that do not have a initiation process. We don't have an initiation process to send a, a, a boy to being a man. Okay. Give me an example of some initiation processes. You I mean, know you look of. at, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert in this and I'd love to look into it, but you look at a lot of African tribes or a lot of, they, they, even in the Jewish culture, the bat mitzvah, when they take a boy at 13, 12 and 13 and they do stuff and there's a ceremony saying, okay, they look at him and say, you're no longer a boy, but you're a man. So it's time to start acting like one. Um, there's a company out of Fort Collins and there's, uh, it's called the restoration project. And they do the, they have a book called the man maker project. Um, and I'll have to look up the quote and I cannot remember it. Um, but it talks an African proverb that talks about like, if boys aren't ushered into manhood, they'll burn down the village just to feel the heat of the flames. Okay. So, you and I, it's our, I believe it's our responsibility, raising boys, to teach them what it's like, what a healthy man and healthy masculinity looks like. And I think it's important as, as we say, teach them what healthy masculinity is and so on and so forth. Again, it's going back to improving on what I was given to make it. Because even now, I have shifted how I want 
to raise men in, in our household. And part of that, interestingly enough, is I want Jen's buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I want Jen to be like, hey, I, I, I agree with this course of action, but I think part of what makes me the leader in our household is stepping into that power and in that space. I want Jen to come alongside me, not in front of me. I don't want her to lead in creating uh, men in our household. I want her to create the men with me because I, again, I got so many great traits from my mom. Mm -hmm. I don't want my boys to miss out. Well, now (laughs) men and young men, in our, I don't want them to miss out on potential that their mom has, that insight that she has. So I, I appreciate the traditions and everything else. What makes America interesting, or at least our culture, is that some people do still have those traditions. Others have different traditions. Uh, you know, if you're going by the legal system at 18, you know, okay, you're a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are like, you know, you go hunting and you harvest for the first time. Maybe that's your threshold. I, I, I think it's important to understand everybody's going to go about this differently. And I think that if there's synergy with it, there's going to be stuff that you, uh, and D do with your boys yeah. where it's like, mm, I like that. I want to instant. I'll tell you what, one of our good buddies, D rock. Yeah. So two girls. And he and his wife came up with a checklist. Yeah. If you want to date my daughter, here you go. Yeah. It completely shifted how I wanted to address my boys in how they interact with the opposite sex. Yeah. As you go, or uh, how they chose their partner. It. This is what you. I was like, oh, that's. Re-. It was good to get somebody else's feedback on the other side. Oh, 100%. And, and I'm not saying that, that there should be like, America should adopt like one standard. Like, this is how we initiate boys into men. I think that could be an in, individual. Sure. I mean, for me, like I, again, I, Chris Bruno is the author. It's called The Man Maker Project. Restoration Project is a company. Great book for ra- about raising boys. The quote was, I found it. <laughs> he talks, and it's in his book where he says, um, a child that is not embraced by a village will burn it down just to feel the warmth. Okay. So what he talks about that is like those villages embrace that boy and help usher him into manhood. So in our village, our house, you know, we've talked about Sawyer when he turns 13, he wants to go salmon fishing in Alaska. <laughs> so a lot of people I know, and I've talked to a lot of pastors and I've talked to a lot of guys that have said, find out like what you want to do with your, I mean, I knew, there was a guy who said his son wanted to go hunt a bear okay. in Canada. So for me, that's something I find interesting. Like I want to be able to have like a, a substantial point in my boy's life where I can look at him, we can go do something and say, all right, now it's time to start learning to be a man. Any idea what that might be? Uh, I mean, with, like I said, with Sawyer, he wants to go, I think it's around the age, I, I like around the age of like 12 or 13. Okay. Take him to do something that they choose they want to do. And just and just have a conversation. It's something as simple as a conversation. Like, hey, we're going to go fishing in Alaska. And after this is done, this means it's time for you. Well, and so the, the quote of quantity time produces quality time. I think that everybody wants this quality time. And, okay, we're going to do this, and this is when it's going to happen. 
you talk about that being the threshold. Hey, he wants to go salmon fishing. This is how he's going to define it. Yeah. Well, that may not generate the conversation that you were looking to have to introduce him into man into your version of manhood, right? So for me, I instituted date nights. Yeah. And our 13-year-old adores them. Our 19-year-old liked him when he was at home. And now our 13-year-old absolutely loves them. Yeah. Because that quantity time is going to give me the quality time. And so even with those date nights, I think that's how I'm going to develop the masculine characteristics in the 13-year-old. He's going to come along, like just asking him questions, being creating the safe place. Yeah. And I don't think either one of those are, I think that's a great idea. I think it's individualistic of how you want to show up and how you want to do it. So where do you think the breakdown is with how people define being a man or masculine character? Where's the breakdown? I mean, I can only speak from my experience. I didn't have like a, hey, here's your, here's, like the conversation, like, hey, you're, you know, it's time to start becoming a man or earning that. I mean, there were things taught and we went to church and it was a lot of like, here's what a good Christian man does. But it was right. never like, I mean, I joined the military at 18 and I was on my, like, I was on my own. And I'm not saying like, and gosh, I wasn't saying my parents like were neglectful at all. Um, there were, there were things done. I just, I think that so, especially in our society and in America, boys are just expected to know what it means to be a man based on how, what they see. Right. I, so, and the reason I go there with where do you think the breakdown is, is because I think it's so freaking subjective, man. Like, who am I to sit here and tell you, no, that's not right. Now, we have folks that are out there saying, nope, that's not it. Mm -hmm. You know, how about, and again, back to grace. How about some grace in this space? How I look at masculinity dramatically differs from how you're looking at masculinity. Now, that said, come to me. This is why I see what I see. I, I think that, and again, this is something that I want, I want to instill in our boys from a masculine standpoint is seek first to understand. I, why are you coming from where you're coming from? Yeah. I want to know. And that's our story. So I think being comfortable with the story and providing that safe place for others to share their story is such a big deal because now I know why you're coming from there. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It makes sense to me why you have that mindset. And that's okay. But I think that's the breakdown is, well, when is a man defined? How do you define it? And yada, yada, yada. If we have this hard and fast rule, I as a parent risk feeling like a failure because I don't fit that mold. And that's where I think that having those open lines of communication is such a big deal. And I, and yeah, I don't think things need to be and I don't mean if I'm making it sound like like you're it's, not. It's rigid. You're not. You're not. For me, I wanted to come up with the concept of something tangible I could do with my boys. Oh, dude, I'm on board with the fishing trip. I want to go now. Yeah. Now that you've told me about it. But I love your the concept of like spending time with your son in date nights. Like that's helping him uh, usher him in too. So it, there's no right, wrong, or like indifferent way to different. That's not right. There's no right or wrong way to 
in my opinion, introduce a boy and a man. Just do something. Right? That's that's my heart for it. And that's just me. I just I feel like, especially in a modern society, boys just get left out on their own to figure shit out all by themselves. Buddy, I look at your story, and as we're going through this, I'm like, that, that right there, knowing your story, you could have had a dramatically different viewpoint of masculinity had a, a, a male figure in your life shown up in a different way. Yeah. It's the same thing for me and my story. My dad made the decision to leave at 12 and again when I was 16. That's not his definition. He had his own reasons for doing that. Unfortunately, I don't have the opportunity to dig into my dad's story and figure out why he did that. But the message yeah. that I took on was, right, this is what a man does. Yeah. And it has proved detrimental in certain parts of my uh, of my adulthood. And I wanted to change it. Absolutely. So I think it. that's why I was so excited when you started this episode with, yeah, we're raising men. It's like, oh, I have a responsibility. Like, dude, I, I say it all the time. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Mm -hmm. I'm working on building and leaving a legacy that I'm proud of. Oh, yeah. So it's So I, I love the quote and people talk about like in leadership, like good leaders train their replacements. Yes. Right? So I try to describe that to me as a dad. Like, love that. As a leader... And as a dad and a father, I'm training, I'm trying to train these boys to be better, safer men than I am right now. And that's why I say improve, not change. Yeah. And the process, it makes me a better man, father, husband. So I think the again, I love the phrase. I'm gonna tie a bow on this for me. <laughs> I think what it means for me to be a man right now in my world is to be a safe husband. Yeah a safe friend and a safe and effective father. And what effective means for me is simply a showing up. And if I can do that and help improve my boys version of being healthy men and helping them embrace healthy masculinity, that's all, all there is to it. I can't force anything on it. I can't force ideas like you need to do this. And this is what it means to be a man. I can provide the guardrails like on a highway yeah. It's a good analogy. And say, hey, here are the guardrails of what I've experienced of what it means to be a healthy man and practice healthy masculinity to keep your world that you've been entrusted with safe and secure and provide. Do with it what you will. Here's the guardrails and let's go and partner with them and see where it goes. I like that. And and, and I, I would expand by saying uh, allowing their mom to come alongside me and help me because she's going to give me a set of eyes that I, her definition of masculinity is going to look mm. different than mine because of her story. Right. Oh, hundred percent. So I'm so grateful that I have someone who's willing to come alongside me and not jeopardize or, or, or put into question how I view masculinity, but add to it by her experiences. And I love it. And I'm, um, our 19 year old, I, I'm exceedingly proud of both of our boys, but Jennifer and I have always said that our responsibility as parents is to create uh, effective, good citizens and humans. 
-hmm. and our 19 year old is showing up in a big way in that space so grateful grateful for him but yeah i think my final thoughts are uh, as we go out and we're all trying to develop um our version of safe masculinity um take the time ask the question seek first to understand and get other viewpoints i think that there's a lot to be learned from a lot of different humans on that topic absolutely Hey, as always, we uh, hope you found value in today's conversation. If you want to uh, hit us up, we're over there on that Facebook and that Instagram. Tell me what those handles are, homie. Uh, pretty simple. The Warrior and the Wolf podcast. The. The. Cat, we should capitalize all of the. The. Just so we can stay with you. Like the name. Ohio State. We also. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. I know. We also have an email. Uh, and that is the warrior and the wolf at gmail.com. But even more so, we have that sweet, sweet website that's coming down the pipe. What is it, A.A. Ron? Again, the warrior and the wolf. I love everything about it. Hey, it would mean the world if you subscribe to the channel, uh, give us a rating, uh, throw five stars up there and be like, gosh darn, that Mark guy, he's got a face for radio. Um, we are putting out uh, content once a week. You can get our podcast typically on Wednesdays is when you're going to see that. So subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a comment, leave us a review, engage with us, give us some idea of what you would like to hear on one of the upcoming episodes, and we will do our best to tackle it in a safe, productive manner. Any final thoughts from you, bub? No, just the, uh, yeah, the five-star reviews. Uh, Brian deserves all five stars. Brian, I will. I'll give the wizard five stars. Brian and Stephen are five stars in my book. I don't care what Mark says about you when you're not here. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by. We appreciate it, and we're excited to see you next week. Have a good day. Bye.